Welcome to the Farm Bits Podcast. Farm Bits is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture Team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The Farm Bits Podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts, producers, and integrators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, FarmBits followers, and welcome to another episode of the FarmBits podcast. I'm Jackson Stancil. And I'm Kelsey Swantek, and we're glad to have you with us today. In this spring 2022 episode series, we are focusing on automation and robotics in crop and livestock production. In this episode, we're joined by Jack Keating, co-founder and CEO of Corral Technologies, a startup company based here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Corral's mission is to help ranchers control what was formerly known as uncontrollable using a virtual fencing solution that enables ranchers to move fences remotely while unlocking a number of other peripheral benefits. In this episode, we'll get into Corral's story, the challenges that ranchers face, how Corral's solution was designed to address those challenges, and the nitty-gritty of the technology's functionality. Digitization is revolutionizing agriculture in so many ways. Let's get to our interview with Jack to learn more about how Corral's contributing to the digital revolution. We grew up ranching and uh, I finally figured out that digging fence posts wasn't uh, the thing I wanted to do kind of the rest of my life. I realized it was really hard work. So one day my dad and I, I think it was sophomore, junior high school, he said, man, wouldn't it be nice if we had the invisible fences for dogs, but for cows? And I said, yeah, it would be nice. But at that time, burying miles and miles of lines didn't sound like um, the ideal thing to do. So kind of put it on hold until uh, junior and senior year of college and got started on the business. And um, that's, that's kind of where we're at now. Awesome. Awesome. Can you tell us kind of how Corral developed from that concept that you talked to your dad about? Um, to now being the company in the Combine Ag Tech Incubator here in Lincoln? Yeah, so um, I'm a mechanical engineer by trade, so I like designing stuff and, and making images and, and whatnot. So I went in and started designing up collars that junior year of high school, trying to figure out how this thing is going to actually fit on, fit on a cow. And that's kind of where I actually went to the Combine. You know, I had talked to probably 20 ranchers, did a little bit of business analysis on on how it's going to work, how much it's going to be. And I really showed up to the combine, said I got this picture of, of my 3D model. I've talked to a few ranchers and um, from there, they've really been able to help actually make it um, a real company, you know, walking me through the steps of what I need to do to be successful. And, you know, going from those customer interviews to actually, you know, building out more on the circuitry side, raising funds, and everything it's been it's been quite the experience now we're we're hiring people on which is exciting and and we're just continually moving forward awesome so kind of taking a, a, a step back and going back to that initial idea for corral where you said you were talking to your to your dad about you know having these invisible fences what are some of the most significant challenges that, that ranchers are, are facing right now and i mean is, is fencing one of the things that takes the most time for those guys yeah and it really depends on the operation you know, if you're if you're not maintaining your fence, then it doesn't take very long. If you're doing a really thorough job and you got five wire fence, it takes a long time. Um, but I think when I've interviewed, you know, I've interviewed over 100 ranchers from Montana down to Southern Texas, and I think when they talk about you know, what's your most annoying task, it'll go into you know brush control, marketing, and and fencing. Most difficult task is finding labor 
marketing and, and then um, feeding cows. And then their largest like financial burden is usually rent costs, labor costs, and feed costs, which is always interesting. And those are things that we can you know, be able to directly help with our system and, and make sure that they're saving money with doing less work. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, my dad is a big sheep guy and <laughs> fencing is always the worst. I don't know. <laughs> least favorite thing to do on the farm is fencing. So this is, I appreciate this a lot. Yeah. Um, what is Corral's core product offering? The core product offering um, that I see for Corral is being able to carry more cows per acre, right? And so being able to use this system to, you know, increase your herd size or reduce the amount of land you want to rent and keep your cows out in the pasture longer is is really what we're trying to do so that reduces your feed costs reduces the rent costs and all with basically no added labor costs which is which is just amazing uh from me for my ranching background it's something that i definitely want to use <laughs> so so is corral's technology and, and corral's system is it a software system for users to use is it more of a hardware system um, how exactly does it, does it work? And I guess as a customer, what would I, what would I see? And like, what would I use every day to help me get this done? Yeah. So how the system works is we have the hardware side, which is our callers, which will go on the cows and we're trying to, we're going to be figuring out in our pilot program, you know, what is the ratio of cows that need to be collared to cows that don't need to be collared, um, and do all the cows need to be collared. And we're going to be able to figure that out during our pilot programs in uh, mid February, but I think for, for ranchers, what they're going to see is they're going to have these collars on the cows, usually probably put them on during branding, right? You run cows through the chute, put a collar on. And then on the software side that works alongside the hardware, ranchers will be able to draw their pastures, see where those cows are at and move them, you know, basically at the touch of a button. One thing that I think about, okay, if we really want to help ranchers make more money and, and live better lives, some ranchers either aren't gonna be able to afford it or they aren't gonna to want to you know, pay for the hardware and deal with the hardware. That's just how it's gonna be. How can we still help those ranchers? And I think it's by offering like a, a free software platform where they can still do some analysis on their pastures, but they don't have to have the hardware. They won't be able to confine and move their cows or see where they're at, but they'll still be able to you know, create a quality grazing plan, uh, potentially some record keeping and do analysis on their pasture so that they can still uh, see the benefits of kind of our system and also improve their operation and, and management of, of their operation. So I think that's one thing I wanted to add was we're, we're hoping to offer kind of a free platform on our software so where we can still help those ranchers that don't really want to mess with the hardware or don't want to pay for it because some people won't. And that's just how it's going to be. How would a first-time user actually get set up with your system? Yeah, so what, what our plan is, is for these ranchers that are going to buy the systems, we're going to do an initial analysis on the connectivity of their ranch. You know, can the system really be used and be used reliably? Because uh, that's a major concern for a lot of ranchers. And then once we go through that, we'll go and go meet with the rancher, draw out their pastures and see, you know, where they want these cows to go. And then once we have that done, we'll go out to their place and actually put the collars on the cows, make sure that their setup is complete, that the cow's ear tag numbers is paired with the, with the collar, make sure everything is set up for them. And then they'll be basically good to go. You know, our goal is for the system to last two years on these cows. So once you put the collar on, 
hopefully you won't have to take it off for two years. And so we want to minimize those touch points for the rancher. So once that collar's on there, then they'll be able to, you know, see where their cows are at, draw new pastures if they say, oh, it looks like we need to break this pasture up again and move those cows. So you're basically, so your users kind of would go to a, to a web application and they would be kind of presented with satellite imagery or I assume, right, in some sort of um, they would have maybe a property boundary or something like that. And they can literally just with a, with the touch of their finger, draw out where they want, uh, their, their pasture boundaries to be in the field. And, and it's just, that, that's, as, that's that easy. That's as, it's as simple as that. So yeah, they'll basically go in, draw your points. So, I mean, if you imagine a square pasture, you got four corner posts, mm -hmm. press each one of those corner posts and you're basically good to go. That pasture is created. That fence is built. <laughs> That's, wow. that's pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, how does the software work once the system actually gets set up? So like that first time user we're talking about, do they open the web browser or the app and what do they need to do to start actually moving those fences? Yeah. So we'll get them set up with an account through, through our web app, make sure that they have, you know, their username and password, and then they'll be able to kind of set the coordinates for their home location so that they can easily, you know, the map will just kind of zoom in to where their house is or wherever they want the center of that ranch to be. And then they'll be able to go in and draw those pastures. So they'll go into kind of our pastures page, create, press create new pasture and go in. They can pan around the map wherever they want and drop those points and make the pastures. So this is, I guess, a, you know, kind of the same technology to some extent of, you know, doing like remote machine control um in some ways right where you're kind of signaling these gps uh boundaries out to these collars in the field um but i'm kind of wondering you know i, I guess traditionally you've had to have a human or some sort of instrument out in the field that would actually guide guide cattle to where you wanted them to be right you actually have to go out there and, and move them yourself so if there's no human in the field and these collars are supposed to be signaling. I mean, how does how does that work? I mean, do cows really respond to the signals? Is it like an electrical shock? And and how is how is all that working? Yeah, so we'll have um, a few different levels of stimulation, and so it'll be sound and shock is kind of what those cows are going to be getting. So we can actually kind of directionally move them, um, you know, left or right with our with our device, right, with our collar, because the collar has two sides on it. So you want to move them, you know, based on that cow's trajectory towards the boundary that the rancher drew, we can actually say, okay, if we turn them right, that's kind of the shortest distance back to the center. Mm -hmm. So we need to shock them on the left side to turn them right and go back to the center. So they'll get, um, you know, once they get within about 10 feet of the boundary, they'll get some small sound stimulation. So it'll just be like a beep every one second. Then once they get within five feet, it'll be a beep every half a second. And then once they cross that boundary, they'll get sound and shock uh, to make them go back into the pasture. And that'll basically go through a loop. And if that cow is still out there, you know, there was always some cows that uh, don't like to listen to fences, let alone virtual fences. Uh, once that cow is out of that boundary and it goes through that, that loop, basically, um, the rancher will get a notification saying, hey, cow 324 is out of the pasture and you need to either go manually move it back into the pasture or you can let it kind of wander. And it, if it goes back into the pasture with the rest of the herd, the system will reset because it knows it's within that boundary. Nice. Okay. I think the one word we've used in every question or you used in every answer is fence. 
and we haven't actually defined what you mean by that. Is that still barbed wire fences or do we have to put cattle panels up everywhere or does that work with electric wire? How does that all work with fencing? So how does the system interact with like current fences? Yeah. Yeah. And this is something, you know, if you had to tear out all of your internal fences in order to use the system, the system wouldn't work, right? It would be, it would be way too time consuming and costly to take out all your internal fences. So our system will be able to actually work within those fences. So our goal is to just have ranchers open all your internal fences, keep your external ones closed still, you know, we don't want cows getting out, but all your internal fences and gates, open them up because we'll be able to actually in our system, the ranchers be able to say, okay, here's my gate. It is 16 feet wide. And that's basically all we're going to need to know because then we can actually move these cows through these gates. And there's going to be a minimum size, obviously to say, okay, you got like a four foot gate. That's probably not going to, you know, be able to work with the system, but our goal is to be able to really move these cows through gates, you know, across pastures, across all of your land. And it doesn't matter if it's going to be barbed wire, panel fence, high tinsel, whatever it is, we're still going to be able to move those cows through the pastures as long as the gate's open. How does the system actually communicate with itself and with you and the cattle? I assume on a big ranch in Montana, you can't just have Wi-Fi everywhere where all these fences are. How does that work? Yeah, so we'll be using um, cellular for our communication, which obviously for some ranches, got to Western Nebraska, there's hardly any cellular connectivity. So um, trying to minimize the amount of you know, issues we have there uh, with some of our reliability um, fail safes, I would call them. So, uh, but we're using cellular to communicate that data from the location of those cows and other data we're getting back up to the user's device. And the protocol we're using, um, I think on a regular basis or like trial, theoretically, it should get about 62 miles. Um, now, obviously, that is on a perfect place, let alone, you know, hills, ravines, and all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. I'm just curious, have you all looked into LoRa uh, technologies at all, or are you kind of excited about kind of the expansion of that technology as an opportunity in the long run? Or? I think it's a, it's a possibility. You know, the issue is, and I see this with our competitors, is they use a base station um, for those callers. They send their data to a base station, and that base station sends that data up to the user's device. For me as a rancher, um, I want to minimize the touch points I have to do with the system. I want to put the system on, not do anything. Um, and I think with the, their systems, they get a mile of communication between those devices and those towers. So, I mean, you think about a big ranch, Western Nebraska, you're going to have to have multiple base stations or move those around. And uh, that, those come as an upfront cost to the rancher. Mm -hmm. So minimizing that and um, reducing the amount of touch points you have is, is our goal. So Laura, we looked into it. We said we don't want to have any base stations um, for these ranchers. So we decided to go against it. Now it could be used in the communication between caller to caller and making out kind of a, a system with that, sure. but um, still to be determined on that side. But I mean, you think about small operations with you know 60 cows, you think Eastern Nebraska, you know, around Lincoln, you might have one pasture that's, you might have two pastures, they might be five miles apart. So you have to have two base stations. That means you got double the cost and a lot of ranchers just don't want to put up that, that cost for that base station. Um, so 
I guess kind of moving into some more, uh, I guess, uh, deep questions here <laughs> around um, just some of the usability. One of the things that I was thinking about with this system is I would imagine there might be some conflicts with, you know, property ownership and or if you get out into like public grazing land and, and leases like that. I guess, how do you make sure that people aren't drawing their pasture boundaries on somebody else's property? You know, if nobody's out there really inspecting it and, and you know, not trying to take advantage of the ability to just create fence anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so ranchers will still have to maintain their external fences with the system, okay. right? We don't want to have any land issues on who owns the land because of that. Or, you know, if your neighbor doesn't maintain their fence very well, or, you know, your fence, and then you use our system and you don't maintain it very well, their bulls get into your cows, and then you got a whole nother issue, mm. right? So good fences make good neighbors, my dad would say. So we're trying to reduce those issues. And then also, we don't want to have cows out on the road um, so making sure those external fences are there as a fail safe is really where we want to go. And potentially later on, we can get to where we have, you know, hundred percent reliability and, uh, eliminate those external fences. But for right now, uh, they still have to maintain those external fences. So uh, issues with land ownership, I don't see as being a huge deal. I think for the public land side, it'll be really helpful because, you talk to ranchers that graze some some public land around Lincoln and you know they have to put up basically cross fences in that land and then they got to take it out at the end of the grazing season or end of the period they're grazing that land so they got to spend you know quarter of a day or half a day or whatever they spend out there putting up that fence and then they got to take it back down so eliminating that and um, making sure that ranchers just can do it at basically a touch of a button can be extremely helpful in saving them time and also on the you know, NRCS side or service side, whatever it is, being able to possibly get data on, okay, these cows didn't touch this wetland area at all, or, or they were able to you know, spend more days out in the pasture because they can't, right, can't really say, okay, we, we can get 30 days out of this pasture or whatnot. And being able to know how many days or how much pasture is used out of that public land, possibly getting an extra day out of it, would be would be also helpful sure that's a good point i hadn't thought of that is there a way that you can actually quantify the impact of being able to move these fences virtually rather than actually going out to manually move them there is you know i mean you could basically say okay instead of having this one large pasture this rancher broke it up into four different pastures and then you could you know estimate how much fence that would actually be um right you could say okay that would be three miles of fence that this rancher didn't have to actually put in and whatnot. But then you say, okay, well, would that rancher actually have put that in? And, and I think that's where the real issue in quantifying it is because breaking up this one pasture and 20 pastures, rancher probably wouldn't do that without the system. And so quantifying it's kind of difficult. I think the real quantification comes in, you know, what's your increased carrying capacity or days on pasture or, you know, your utilization rate. And that's really where we can say, all right, this is for sure. We were able to spend 10 more days out in this pasture because we broke it up into eight pastures instead of having one big one. And I think that's where the, the real quantification comes in. Yeah, just digging into that a little bit more, what are some of the additional benefits that kind of the system gets? Because we've talked about, you know, you don't have to go out there and, and move your fences, right? But it's, it's not, that's, like you said at the beginning, that's not really your core product offering. Yeah you're offering a lot of other value besides that so what what value do people see out of being able to do this 
Yeah, I think when I talk um, about the system to, to ranchers, the biggest thing is they, they go straight to fencing and they're like, well, we don't spend a whole lot on fencing or it doesn't take that much time to go and fence your pastures and check your fence. Um, but that's just a small side of what we're doing, right? The biggest thing is increasing that utilization. But along with that, we're going to be able to get data on that cow's health. So we're going to be able to see if that cow's lame, give that rancher alerts, say that cow stepped in a hole or whatever, give those ranchers alerts. We're going to be able to Hopefully we can get, um, you know, possibly water intake, um, their feed intake potentially. And then also if they're going to be wearing this system for two years, year round, we can potentially give calving alerts. So we can say, okay, this cow is calving at this time. Um, you need to go check on it and whatnot, instead of going out every three hours and, and going and riding through the cows, right? And along with that, giving heat alerts. So if you're doing AIing or, or whatnot, you'll be able to make sure those cows are in heat or Along with that, you'll be able to see which cows are open, right? Which may be even more valuable. So you can cut them off the herd earlier. So you're not spending valuable, you know, days out in the pasture uh, for those cows. Yeah, it's a, there's a variety of additional benefits. Right, there. right. So I know cow collars are pretty common, like in the dairy industry. Yeah. Um, but I think those cows are more often inside. And if they have a pasture, it's really close to the barn for the most part. Is there any worry about um, these collars being open to the elements for two years on end, especially, I mean, we're talking about Montana, winters get a little rough up there and even Western Nebraska, what is Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it is a worry, right? We're doing with, dealing with very variable environmental effects from, you know, Montana down to Southern Texas. That's very high heats down to very, very cold temperatures. So I think, um, somebody's telling me Pargo was like negative 25 was their temperature last week. So, you know, dealing with that, that's, that's going to be um, a tough thing to deal with, but by how our system is developed, it's going to be waterproof and dust proof. Um, so we're going to be able to really secure that and make sure nothing is getting into our product and, and ruining it. But I mean, cows are rough on stuff. They like to, they like to rub up on stuff, rub up on each other. And so, you know, we've built it so it's it's going to be very robust. And just like those dairy collars, the straps are going to be strong. Our enclosure is thick, and it's going to be able to take quite a bit of beating um, throughout the year. But those cows, cows are tough, and no doubt some will break. Right? Nothing is nothing is um, invincible. Jack, are y'all are y'all looking to be in the recommendation space at all, right? So like right now, you're kind of leaving it in the farmer's hands to decide how they're setting up their pasture. Are y'all ever looking to say like, hey, you may want to think about rotating or even saying, hey, this is a configuration that may work for this land? Yeah, I think that's definitely something we want to go go into. And I think I've showed showed you it before, Jackson, but that rangeland analysis platform, which I think ranchers should really go check out if they haven't before. Um, it's, it's a platform where you can actually estimate your production of your pastures and then therefore your stocking rate on, on your land. So being able to know how many cows you should put in there is a huge benefit, especially when you go from you know, one pasture to eight pastures, knowing how many cows you can put in each one of those pastures for how long is, is hugely beneficial. And you know, I was talking to um, another startup, they're called Swine Tech, working with pigs. And they said, you know, if our system gives the alert, but nobody um, goes and ch checks on that pig, then it doesn't really matter, right? 
our system doesn't really have that benefit. And it's the same thing with ours. Uh, you know, if we give this ranch to the system, but they use the same same grazing format or grazing system, um, they may they're not going to see all the benefits. They'll get the time savings and, and material savings from fencing and moving cows, uh, but they won't get the real increase in in herd size and increase in production that um, they would if they actually drew out those pastures and move their cows more often in some cases. So being able to give them those recommendations on how many cows should you probably put in this pasture is gonna be huge. And possibly later on, uh, looking at configuring out pastures, it's gonna be difficult because, you know, you could think on Western Nebraska, if you've got one tank, you can kind of estimate, all right, you should put eight pastures out here. But if you got like a river running through, it's a little bit different on how you lay it out. And if you have multiple water sources, how you lay out those pastures. So potentially later on, I think we could go into pasture configuration and building those out where you just set a water point or multiple water points. And then our system says, all right, you put your water points, number of cows, here are your pastures that you should build out in your, in your ranch. And I think that's a possibility, um, but definitely further down the road. Yeah. I think there's a lot of really cool possibilities with this and even what just the basis of what you're offering right now I think there's a lot to unpack with that um, and I think it can be really really cool for uh, cattle producers everywhere um, but do you see opportunities for growers to benefit from the, the data that can be collected via the corral platform is there any analysis that goes along with it or is that kind of up to farmers to read their read the data they're getting from their cattle yeah, so we're going to do most of the analysis on our side because, I mean, if I give you a ton of location points uh, for your cows, that's a lot of stuff to go through. And so being able to, you know, get that data already analyzed and in, in a format that ranchers want to see and it's actually beneficial for them is what we really want to get to. So I think for on the data side, you know, being able to tell, right, what's our average distance from water for these cows? What's our average distance from salt and mineral? You know, do we have our salt and mineral feeders in the right spot, spot or place and, and getting that data and also from the pasture utilization side, being able to see where those cows have actually grazed across your pasture would be huge, right? Yeah. And being able to say, okay, a quarter of my pasture hasn't been used at all. I need to draw a new fence around that quarter, move those cows in there and, and get the full use out of my ranch will be, will be hugely beneficial. Yeah. And Jack, just to, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. So something we've seen in, in precision agronomy, I think recently is people moving to more of this um, leveraging like independent crop consultants or advisors to kind of be the bridge between your, your producer and the technology, right? So having somebody that aggregates and is able to support that producer and using the technology. Um, with y'all's platform, do you think it's going to be enough to just provide those nudges of, hey, you only have like a quarter of this um, this defined virtual fence graze, you may be okay with leaving them here, condensing it down and move it to the ungrazed portion, right? Or do you think you're going to need somebody actually in place on your team to like, to, you know, walk growers through the first couple of years, or I should say ranchers through the first few years of using this and identifying those like utility points, so to speak? Yeah. And I think that's something that's, it's interesting. It's something I've been thinking about for sure, because, you know, we could have you know, uh, a grazing man, a grazing specialist on our team to help these ranchers lay out their pastures and um, go out and do actually 
go and see their pastures and say, okay, since you have this big hill here, cows usually don't graze on these hills. So you need to have a larger pasture because of that and everything. I think that's um, a possibility later on for having those specialists to help lay out their pastures and to say, okay, the drought years. So you probably need to make these five pastures, one pasture and, and things like that. I think there are some benefits to it right now. Um, you know, the ranchers that are going to be buying our system initially are very good grazers. Yeah. They, you know, they know, they know what their pastures are producing and how their cattle graze around those pastures. So they'll, they're going to be able to lay out their pastures and break up their pastures on how they've probably been wanting to do it. Haven't had the time, you know, money or labor to really make it happen. Just looking at this system, it seems like if you're able to bring in recommendations eventually and, and, you know, you could get to the configuration, do you think there's a point at which ranchers would be okay with saying, Hey, corral, just move my cows for me, right? Like make it a fully closed loop system. You've got the satellite data coming in to read, you know, how much grass has been grazed already. Uh, you have an idea of how long those cows have been in the pasture. And so you're just going to say, all right, the system can run it and just alert me if anything is needs manual attention. I think, I think there's a potential for it. You know, our goal is never to eliminate the rancher. You're never, I don't think you will ever eliminate the rancher from the ranching process. And we don't want to. Mm -hmm. um, I see it more as like a calculator, right? You can do like linear algebra by hand. Um, but it makes it a lot easier if you got a calculator, right? It, it reduces the amount of time you got to do that math. So that's how I kind of see it. Now, I think potentially later on, as you know, Jackson, being able to tell plant types and, and everything and be able to actually get that, and who knows, maybe daily analysis of, of your pastures, and you can actually see where those cattle are grazing based on these daily satellite images. I think there's a potential on on that but i don't think you'll ever eliminate the rancher mm -hmm. you know i think the rancher still is going to have to be out there tending cows tending calves and and checking their pastures because who knows you know there might be an issue with cloud cover on the satellite imagery or or um you know something else with our, our analysis so i think the rancher is still always going to have to have boots on the ground um seeing those cows um jack one of the other things that i, I just thought about that i kind of wanted to ask you about or what are the opportunities that you see as we kind of head into this carbon sequestration uh you know time period it seems like that's the hot topic that everybody's talking about you see a lot of investment money going into this carbon sequestration programs um how does corral interact with that does this you know maybe create some opportunities for certain ranchers to take advantage of these markets what are your thoughts there it's it's very interesting to me you know obviously i've met with quite a few investors and, and did pitch competitions with other companies in the space and carbon sequestration always seems to be um, <laughs> something that's on the top of their slides or one of the first questions you get asked and it's an interesting concept especially with grazing because it, it depends so much on where you're at right um, i was talking to someone the other day they were on a ranch in montana who had been basically studying their rangeland for 20 years and kind of measuring all sorts of data, including carbon sequestration. And they said, after 20 years, we've changed our changed our grazing systems by X, Y, and Z into a more rotational grazing, which is supposed to help with carbon sequestration. And they saw no differences, right? So in like arid environments, if you think like Eastern Colorado or Western Nebraska, it's difficult, right? You can't, you can't really quantify it that much. And it 
different effects than if you were grazing in um, Tennessee and you had a continuous grazing and then you cover cropped it and then broke it into 10 pastures, you're going to get more carbon sequestration. So it's difficult for me because that's not our main benefit, right? Mm-hmm. I think when we look at it, main benefit is helping ranchers make more money, but the, the amount of carbon sequestration is so variable and difficult to kind of quantify that I don't know if it'll have a major effect. And I think we can and will be able to, you know, get carbon sequestration in different areas. The amount is still very variable. So we're trying to figure out how we're going to go about it. Um, But like I said, that's not one of our main selling points. But I think ranchers will still be able to get um, some money from it. I just don't think it'll be as much as people are thinking right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's still going to take, I think 2030, I read a paper um, a few weeks ago, it was like 2030 is when they think kind of the carbon markets will stabilize and and be able to get get some money from it. But I think it was like 20 to $100 per ton is what they were estimating for the carbon sequestration ranchers could get. But they also said across the globe, um, the potential for like grazing to sequester carbon is 35 million to 800 million. So as you can see, those are very different numbers on, on kind of what they're estimating is. So, and it's interesting when you talk about like investors and whatnot, I would go talk to a rangeland ecologist is what I would tell like investors because they probably haven't. And you go and talk to a rangeland ecologist and they say, well, it's about like a, like a pimple on a gnat's butt, right? right? Comparatively to converting like row crop to CRP um, it's, it's smaller than a lot of people think. Sure. That's a lot. There are a lot of, a lot of good points there. Um, I think something that people need to think about is just how difficult it is to actually quantify this. If we're actually going to yeah. market. Yeah. Sales. And it's like, is there a proven way? I don't know. Is there, is there good market I should go to? I don't know. And I think it still has a little, little time to go before we can really use it on the rancher side. What are you most excited about for the future of the digital ag in ranch management specifically? Yeah, yeah, I think um, with ranch ranch management comparatively to like other ag stuff, I mean, John Deere just released their autonomous tractor last week and comparatively to ranching, it's, it's still a ways behind on, on that stuff and analyzing your fields and your seeds and all that. Um, I think ranching still has a ways to catch up. And I think one thing that we're going to see is really getting down into like per cow basis of what this cow is doing out in their pastures. What are their genetics? How can we build out a family tree of these cows to say this cow's mom's mom's mom produced this type of calf. And so have these cows, but this cow didn't. Why is that? Is it because of a bull? All right, get rid of the bull, get a new bull in so we can produce better calves. So I think it's going to get more in-depth on a per-cow basis in the future. And that's one thing that's really exciting about our stuff is, who knows, maybe the more cows move, they produce better cow calves, and then you know we can, we can be able to analyze that and recommend different things from it. So for me, I think being able to get down to an individual cow level is one of the things I'm really excited to see in the future and see how that really affects the ranching industry and ranching in general on how you manage your operation. But I think that's going to be one of the big changes that we see see in the future. Very cool. 
And so for Corral, what are you most excited about? Where are y'all heading over the next two years? And, and I know we've already talked about investment a little bit, but I guess, what do you want to see and how can people help you? Yeah. So I think over the next two years, this year, um, our goal is to get a thousand callers out there and used, and that'll mostly be across Nebraska, just because we want to be able to help these ranchers with setup and everything as much as possible. Uh, so we're going to do a thousand units this year, and that's going to be very exciting to kind of see that expand. And then next year, our goal is to get 10,000 units across basically the major beef states um, in the U.S. So we're going to be reaching out to those ranchers and expanding upon that. I think if people want to help, um, I think, you know, talking with ranchers about it, getting kind of uh, learn, learn more about it, research virtual fencing, research grazing management, and decide if that's what you really want to do. And then reach out to us or, or go to our website. So you mentioned your website. Where else can people go to learn more about what you're doing at Corral and how they can be part of it, whether it's um, a customer or like you said, you're trying to hire more members for the team. What can they, where can they find more about that stuff? Yeah, the best place to go would be corraltech.com. And that's our website um, for the company. And you'll be able to find out kind of our features for our system, what we're doing, what our goal is, and kind of find out what we're doing on a regular basis. And if you have any questions, we have a little questionnaire form. You fill that out, um, put your name and what your question is, and I'll respond personally. Or you can go ahead and email me at jackkeating at corraltech.com. Uh, but if you go and fill out that form on our website, that'll be me replying to you. And we can set up a time to talk, chat more on, on what we're doing, and, and then we can go from there. Awesome. And one other tradition we have here on the uh, the Farm Bits podcast is asking for a piece of advice to wrap up the interview. Um, and so I guess the piece of advice that I might ask you for today is, you know, for either ranchers out there that are seeking to improve their grazing management, or maybe even young entrepreneurs that have a good idea, uh, like like you did, you know, maybe from talking to your to your dad and, and acted upon here at, at UNL. Uh, what is that advice that you would offer to those folks? Yeah, I'd say for young entrepreneurs, I remember at the new venture competition, I got asked this and uh, my answer was just go for it. You know, just go and go out and do it. Um, don't hold back because the longer you wait, the less likely you are to do it. Mm. Um, I would I would add on to that. Make sure you are very passionate about what you are doing, because this is not an easy path. And um, thankfully, you know, this directly affects my life and my family's life. So I'm very, very, very passionate about it. You know, I do anything uh, to make sure that this company succeeds. And I would just make sure that you are 100% on board because this is not, not an easy path. And if you think this is just something you're going to do for a few months and see how it goes, then you'll probably just do it for a few months and that'll be it. So make sure you're in it for the long haul, eight to 10 years or more the rest of your life and make sure you're ready to really do anything for the company. And for producers, I mean, if you're really looking to improve your grazing management, like I said, do, do the research. I think one thing that gets lost in this system, um, I was thinking about the other day is the, what, what people calculate is like the ROI for our system. And when you talk to investors or anyone about it, it really comes down to how many dollars am I saving per year or increasing in production per year. But people, especially ranchers don't really think about the effects like on their body or the amount of time they save, right? 
And I think with our system, you know, I think the average um, ownership time for ranchers release in like 2017 was 20, 21 years. And, you know, if you do fencing and moving cows for 21 years, that's a major effect and burden on your body. If you know any ranchers that have been ranching for 20 years, um, it's, it's tough life, it's tough life. And you hurt when you wake up, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing they need to really think about when they look at the benefits of the system. Because I think, I, I truly think that we can potentially add like a year or two onto someone's life or at least onto like their mobility, you know, instead of having to, you can, you can squeeze for an extra year or two. Yeah. I, and that's amazing. And that's just something that's so exciting to me. And I think you think about how many ranchers there are out there. You know, if we help 100,000 ranchers get one year onto their life, that's that's like a thousand lifetimes, right? Um, that we're going to be able to help. So it's it's pretty crazy. Along with that, just being able to um, safely move your cows. You know, when you think about rolling four wheelers, getting bucked off your horse, um, it's it's not a good deal. And so eliminating those risks and injuries and, and potentially death is is huge. Mm -hmm. But I think that's one thing that ranchers need to look at when analyzing this system is not only the, the benefits of the money savings or, or increased production, but the, the increased benefit on your life and your way of living. Thank you very much to Jack Keating of Corral Technologies for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Bits podcast. There are more digital ag startups entering the market every day, seeking to solve important problems for producers in all parts of the ag industry. Yeah, it was great to hear about a startup that originated here at UNL and has some promise for really impacting ranchers, not only in the state of Nebraska, but also uh, throughout the entirety of the major beef producing states. Um, I don't know about you, Kelsey, but my favorite part was just kind of hearing about uh, all the additional value that being able to virtually move fences unlocks. Because, yeah, I mean, you got labor savings and, and some people don't like doing fence, a.k.a. you. <laughs> um, but at the same time, there are all these other data benefits that their platform is going to be able to aggregate and uh, kind of enable producers to get value from. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they solve the challenge of how do we get growers to see those benefits and actually use the platform to its full capacity? Yeah, there's all sorts of value to it. What I really like though, is that farmers and ranchers are some of the hardest working people you'll ever meet, I think in your life. They don't say no to anything. They will work in any and all weather. Um, and this actually has the potential to be really good for their health. I mean, less labor, maybe they'll get bored to the point of <laughs> boredom because they don't have all the fence to do but less labor and that's so hard on them, especially in less optimal conditions. For sure. It could be so good for their health and it could even add years onto their health and onto their life. And I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, it was interesting hearing Jack think he, you know, he thinks they could basically add one or two years on someone's yeah. life. And obviously that's not like, you know, verified medical back but it's it's but still a really cool potential yeah. yeah i hope you enjoyed this episode um, we look forward to sharing another digital ag story with you next week on farm bits as we continue in our robotics and automation series for crop and livestock production thank you for taking the time to join us today on the farm bits podcast if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the podcast on spotify apple podcasts youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week we welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. 
The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Bits.